you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast. Went pro in Creed Bombies. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, <laughs> and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Enjoyed the look on Greg's face there. Pure discomfort as you brought your mouth close to his face. I would say it's more like disgust. Yeah. I mean, if you Creed bomb. Surprise. Creed bombing in the open of the show. I'd never done that before. So even, what are we now, 504 shows in. You got to keep it fresh. Just like Mark. Just like a marriage. Yeah. That's absolutely correct. Just like your marriage. That's also correct, as thousands of people <laughs> analyze my personal life. Uh, if you are watching this on Periscope, hello. How oh, are yeah. you? This is our uh, second Thursday uh, Paris- Periscope program uh, where we preview. We previewed week 17 last week, and now here we are. Uh, the playoffs are upon us. Wild card weekend. Uh, so we are going to break down each of the four wild card games, two on Saturday, two on Sunday, in a show that is Brought to you exclusively by Mr. Flames' economics class in The Hague, the Netherlands. Mr. F. And uh, a little bit before we get into the games, a little bit of uh, uh, house cleaning. The people have spoken uh, by a 52 to 48% margin. Hank won the vote to settle our Osweiler prop conflict. Uh, 4% margin of victory. Can you explain what the, the conflict was? Well, the conflict was that I had uh, Hank during our sandwich props had, had approached uh, the group and said, hey, um, a collection of free agent quarterbacks, Brock Osweiler among them, none of them will lead their team to the playoffs. I took him on that prop. And uh, despite my contention that Brock Osweiler is on the Houston Texans uh, and was the starter for the majority of their games and is their wild card starter, um, <laughs> I was outvoted. So a victory, a 4% margin of victory. Another win for the two percenters up on the third floor. <laughs> Henry, I know you're listening. I want you to know I will honor the result. You trumped me. And speaking of Trump, congrats to Wes, who went full Putin and conspiring against me and indirectly the Around the NFL podcast. I have, I have a bit of a story to tell. Oh. Now it's story time with the mailman. Mm, okay. Wow. Okay. Okay. This is a story of the AFC South. Yes, Vladimir, go on. Down at the old AFC South racetrack, four horses about to take the start. You've got a yearling sired by American Pharaoh, not quite ready to go. You've got a donkey over here in stall number four. You've got an old clomper, a draft horse, on its last leg. Yes. And now you've got a chestnut-colored thoroughbred in his prime, ridden by a drunk jockey. Trained by Bob Baffert. The gates fly open. Of course, the thoroughbred jumps out to a, a great thunderous start. And then slowly, you see that the drunk jockey cannot control him. He's weaving all over the place. The yearling comes along, comes along. The old clomper comes along, and it's neck and neck at the turn. We reach the quarter mark, and the drunk jockey falls off the horse. Mm. He's down. The thoroughbred wins the race on his own. Figure comes out of the crowd, approaches the drunk, passed out jockey. It's around the NFL's Dan Hansis. He wakes up the jockey, throws on a garland of roses, and said, Congratulations, you led that horse to the victory. That's that's the logic you were using for Brock Osweiler leading the Texans to the playoffs. But a long way for that. <laughs> um, so you're saying that Dan is the drunk jockey? No, I'm saying he's the guy in the crowd who thought that the drunk jockey deserved all the credit for the thoroughbred winning the race. Mm. No, it never was. You never quite got it, Wes. And and I would tell you, Wes actively campaigned on uh, Henry's behalf. If I if you go into the verified, well, we, all did. we all did. No, but if you go into the, the verified at mentions of my uh, Twitter account, it is Wes shaming 
over 50 people about who had the had the audacity to side on my side of things. First of all, I did per- not a- personal attacks. I, I did not actively campaign. I told anyone who came to me that they were born without logic and never developed common sense, which is clear. Also, Spice Rack came to my defense, which was nice to which see. Which did not help your cause. And Wes wrote him off forever. Yeah, I he, mean, he's gone. What? A little overly invested in a prop bet that didn't involve you. I'm just going to say. I, I, I'm invested in common sense, which in this day and age just is not used in. Well, 52% of the people agreed with you. Yeah, I mean, it was over almost 4,000 people voted. 52 to 48. I'm not, not a disgraceful uh, loss on my, my behalf. And, uh, but, Wes, you were the Putin to Henry <laughs> Trump. That's, what, that's how – and I, I got Hillaryed, and that happens. And I, and I have to – just like Hillary did, I'm accepting it. But I'm going to point out the injustice. Of that what makes happened. Greg Bill Clinton, and I'll be Chelsea Clinton. Much like the Democrats <laughs> ran a rotten candidate out for their election, uh, <laughs> you ran a rotten logic for your. I, I mean, I, what, saying, saying we, we goodbye to, to the igno- four Periscope viewers still left. Yes, after all of them. I, the results close. They were very close. Greg's next idea: cut out mirth. No. <laughs> I speaking of which, Greg. Yeah. While we're here, I mean, I'm I'm starting to pick up an idea that maybe. Piece by piece, you're trying to deconstruct the podcast no. until there's nothing left. You know, uh, Wes made a great comparison, you know, trying to be like uh, like the, like David Letterman. You know, David Letterman doesn't use the same bits for 15 straight years. You change up your bits every now and then. You know, you do it for four or five years. Sometimes some segments go, go bye-bye, and you make up some new ones. David Letterman also paid, you know, what, upwards of $20 million hey. a season. There's, get, a, there's another know, vast difference. Get in the writer's room, then come up with some new bits. Yeah. That's all. You might have a new bit today. Ooh. Ooh. A little preview. Pressure's on. <laughs> Pressure's on. All right. Listen, we got to settle that. Wes, I, also, you came to me and, and asked to set up a drop for you. Hey, don't do it and then attack me with the, when I'm helping you. <laughs> that was the fun of it. That, see, that, well, that's it. I have to do it. The United States declared sanctions. I declare vengeance. That's you, Chris Wessling, All right. for what you've done. Okay. It was worth it. Well, that's the last way you want to open your uh, 2017, West, with Dan declaring vengeance on you. All right. We have a lot of football to get to, so let's get into it. Uh, the first game up, the primetime affair between the Detroit Lions, uh, who backed into the playoffs, uh, finishing 9-7, and seven, traveling to Seattle to face the Seahawks. And I think a good way to get into this game, gentlemen, because – it's an interesting game. You would think that there's no, the Lions have no chance, and I think a lot of people are picking the Seahawks here. But I, I, I really, truly believe that, that the, the Seahawks are very flawed right now, and this could be a game. So I'm going to throw something out, th- out there. Oh, one of our favorite games. What's more likely? What's more likely? What is more likely, gentlemen? Matthew Stafford against the Seahawks in Seattle passes for 300 yards with a passer rating north of 90, or the Seahawks lead by double digits by halftime. Because I think this game goes a one or two ways. Mm. Seattle gets ahead early and kind of pours it on, and the game's not that competitive. Or they, they play it pretty tight, and this thing goes right down to the wire. What's more likely? I think it's Matthew Stafford. I mean, he does that even in games uh, – where he doesn't play that well because they have no running game because they're always throwing. And the Seahawks, to me, don't seem like a team that's going to put anyone away early. They started off terribly against the Cardinals. They started off poorly against the 49ers. There's something weird. This used to be a team that was greater than the sum of their parts on defense. Now it's like they're worse than the sum of their parts. They should be good, but they haven't really stepped up in the last few weeks. I'm with you. I, I think this will be a closer game than some might expect. I we watched, I covered that 49ers Seahawks game last week, and it was a Seahawks team that just simply could not run the ball until Alex Collins came on towards the end. I wonder if he might have a larger role in this game. They cannot do some of the fundamental things that made them that tough, rugged NFC team of years past on offense. I think this game is going to be tight down to the wire, so I go with option A. Matthew Stafford, who's been solid all year, will be all right. Go against all of you. Seahawks at home, considering their postseason history, considering the experience on that team, uh, and, and that Matthew Stafford has two 300-yard games in the last 13 games. Mm. This is not an explosive Lions offense, especially when you take away Theo Riddick, who's one of the top three pass-catching backs in the NFL, and a big key to their offense. I don't see that being a close game, and I know the Seahawks defense isn't the same with Earl Thomas. I think they have communication issues right now, leaving the middle of the field open. 
but they've got guys like Michael Bennett, Cliff Averill, K.J. Wright, Bobby Wagner, right. Richard Sherman. They've got a defense still filled with playmakers. Frank Clark, who has double digit sacks and had a great game last week. A Tyba Rubin had a great game last week. I mean, Pete Carroll said this week, everything that's happened up to this point doesn't matter. And that's kind of what they're hoping for. Because tan- like tangibly, they have those great players on their team. And the intangibles are this. No one else has a team that led the league in scoring defense four straight years and all the key players have played together and they're still in their primes. I mean, on paper, they should still be Super Bowl contenders. They just haven't played like it. I just, I, I really look at that offensive line, which is probably going to be their undoing in this playoffs at some point. They may not be as in, in it's much trouble this week against a Lions defense that really does not have much of a pass rush. Six sacks, I think, over the last seven games. You know, you don't have... Uh, Guys that you thought, you know, Detroit's not going to have a way to take over the game, but I do see it being close. Now, I, I just don't think that Seattle's going to run away with it early. It's, it's too weak. It's the weaknesses of both teams going against each other. There's no stars on the Lions defense. There used to be, but Ziggy Ansah right now doesn't play like a star. DeAndre Levy doesn't play like a star, and Darren Slay is hurt. He's playing, but he's coming off an injury and didn't have a great game last week. They, they don't – they. Offenses dictate against Detroit every week. I look at it like sort of like who would you take if the Seahawks were playing against, say, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers take or, the or the Panthers? I'm taking this Because I'm not sure the Lions are better than those teams. They're 0-5 against playoff teams. They've been losing in the fourth quarter of every game but one. Right. Dan's question was the situation at halftime. I certainly think Seattle's going to win the game. I just don't think they're going to run away with it over the first 30 minutes. Um you know, everything you guys are saying makes sense. But there's always one game uh, in the wild card round that doesn't connect with what a lot of people expect to happen. And I, I get the feel it's no more than a Sessler, but I, I kind of get the feeling this is that game. And I, I think it's going to be a wake-up call for the Seahawks organization because I mm. do – I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say the Lions are going to knock off the Seahawks. There's no – I get everything makes sense. The Lions backed into the playoffs. They, they're a flawed team. Uh, but the Seahawks are a very flawed team, and I think you can make the argument they're a broken team. It's just people haven't mm. quite realized it yet. They can't run the football, uh, a hallmark of the great Seahawks teams. They don't defend uh, in, a, in an elite way, which was another hallmark of Seahawks teams. And I think in a weird playoff game, I think the Lions win by a field goal. It would be a weird bookend to the way that this whole operation with Pete Carroll began, which was a 7-9 and nine Seahawks right. team winning the beast quake mode in a game that no one thought. But I, I don't – you keep talking about the Seahawks defense not being the same, and they aren't going to be the same without Earl Thomas, but I, I don't see them being – the, the defense I mean, is incredibly up, deep. They're not going to give up 500 it is, total yards. It is, but then, then you think about – and I know the Cardinals are a good offense. You think about the other week where the, the Seahawks have a great comeback against Arizona and then three plays right down the field, Arizona scores a touchdown. And then, and then again, Seattle scores on offense. And again, they give up a, a, a game-winning field goal. And that's the type of thing at home you, you weren't used to seeing. But is this, all, is this Detroit offense capable of doing what a good version no. of the Cardinals and the, is? And the pass protection for Detroit hasn't been good lately. I think their one hope is that Matthew Stafford just does something special. I think they are. That, that, he, that he has it in him in his eighth season – He's been he's carried this team to the playoffs that in his eighth season, I know he's not 100 percent right now. He has to stay in the shotgun that he just has a magical game that that he is the better quarterback in this game and that he that he does it and that that it's like it's not winning the Super Bowl, but it would it would feel like that I for think, this well, Lions I team. It would mean so much to win a playoff game for the first time in 25 you years. You say that they can't do what the Cardinals could. They can do it a month ago. We I know things have changed, I, but a month ago, Matt Stafford was an MVP candidate, and we were singing the praises of Cooter. It's not the craziest thing on the planet. It's just that I'm looking at a Lions team that had a chance three weeks in a row to show us they can beat an NFC playoff team. They lost all three, and they lost the last game against Green Bay decisively. You could argue that they're due. I mean that game. Well, or that they shouldn't be here. <laughs> that game was three points heading into the fourth quarter. You know they, they but the fourth quarter magic's kind of wa- ran out. I mean they were close against the Giants, lost close against, you know last week against the Packers. I'm amazed we've made it this far and we haven't talked about Mark's boy, the emergence of Zach Zetter. Hey! I mean he's in the news. He was on the cover of ESPN.com. Yeah, Mark. Yeah. This, uh, this week with Michael. I mean Benny I feel like I the best white running back in the league. I feel like I did a poor job of him being my boy over the last year plus where I don't think I mentioned him once. But he used show. to be in the preseason sure. a couple you, years ago. If you, 
to if you would have handled it perfectly, which it was hard to do, you would have stayed on the radar right. over the last two years. But like, hey, don't forget about Zach Zenner. Well, I just you remember he's graduated from special teams player to a real running back that Michael Bennett, he, he couched it by saying, oh, he's like the best white running back. And there's like three of them. But he also went on to say, hey, he ran for th- 2000 yards. Three. Well, times, I have a distinct memory of being, you know, roundly snickered at when I brought, I brought up brought Zach up. Zenner. So maybe the next time well. I go out on a limb, <laughs> we think about that response from the three of you. Two well, years here, later, yeah. uh, Mark Sessler and Michael Bennett are wrong. Rex Burkhead, a much better running back uh. than Zach Zenner. And Zach Zenner, well, purely, I didn't call him the best running back. Purely a north-south runner. He's not. He's not going to be making. He's okay in the pass game. He's not going to be making lateral agility moves at the line of scrimmage to make you miss. And I don't know if that's going to work. Against he has given them something though, where they had nothing. The the one he gets what's blocked when he runs straight ahead. It, that's what I think. And I think that if you think that the Lions running game is better than the Seahawks just because of what's happened the last three weeks to the Seahawks against mm. fronts that they never play against well, the Cardinals and Rams, before that they were averaging 180 what rushing I, yards a game for a month. You forgot that 49ers game. Well, they've got huge six foot eight twin they, towers on their defensive line. They're literally too. the last ranked rushing. Well, you know what you guys have forgotten about the month before that, when the Seahawks were averaging more rushing yards per game than any team in the league for a month. And and they're and I think they got to play Alex Collins. I think Alex, I don't. I, Alex Collins to me is is a has looked better the last few weeks than in, than you gave him a spark Ross. last week. But I mean, they again, this is a team that has used eighteen different runners, which is the most by any team since the eighty-seven strike year. So you're you going to see all these guys. You don't think Collins has looked good? No, I think it's an extremely sm- small sample size. He got what was blocked. Thomas Rawls never had a chance to get anything. Just like earlier in the year when Kristen Michael couldn't get anything for a few weeks in a row when nothing was blocked, and then Rawls came in and they blocked for him. I think that you're taking too much from from what's happening just between the blocking. He runs hard, though. He, he's fighting through tackles. I like him. Uh, so I'm, I'm hanging some big old onion on this game. You guys Walla obviously. Walla Walla is a big onion. Uh, giant sweet Spanish onions are he's good. Right. And a red Zeppelin is the a Zeppelin. big uh, red onion. Zeppelin. This feels like a giant sweet Spanish scenario. The, the Zeppelin is the Cadillac of onions. Uh, the rest of you, I believe, are going with the Seahawks. Well, I like how you frame that as if we don't have uh, a creative bone in our body because we're not going with the Lions on the road. But I didn't well, say let's that. see where we are on Sunday night's wrap up show. Yeah, I'm saying sometimes, you know, to the bold go the spoils. Well, and sometimes, you know, the, sometimes fools, uh, you know, make incorrect choices too. <laughs> so we'll find out. Uh, that's one of my favorite scenes. <laughs> um, let's. If you wanted to be optimistic, by the way, right, can we Seahawks. move on at some No, point. let's talk about this game forever. <laughs> you know that we let's have dig in deeper. All right, let's move on and get the Raiders and Texans out of the way because the NFL certainly decided like that because that's why they made them the Saturday early game. Uh, and Mark Sessler, I think uh, uh, we'll start with you here, and we know the situation. The Raiders are running out Connor Cook, uh, a rookie quarterback in his first NFL start right. in the playoffs against a Texans team that just like we were just talking about it, Brock Osweiler, which I've never argued was a good quarterback this season. Bad quarterback. Back in the lineup because Tom Savage is hurt. Who wins this game? Well, I thought that we could get into this conversation with a little game of Qualas to Fantasia. Mm. Did that accent not throw even more Periscope viewers into No, that, that I think um, attra- to attracted some. It's very erotic. For people that don't know, I don't know if we wanted to go down that road, Greg. For people that don't know, this game offers two potential fantasy scenarios, and we will decide, you guys will decide which one you prefer. Fantasy scenario number one, toppling his many doubters, Chris Wessling's Brock Osweiler stuns observers by unfurling four touchdowns in regulation before throwing a fifth scoring strike in overtime to knock off the Raiders after the game. Osweiler, furious for weeks at the mean-spirited impression done by NFL Network's Greg Rosenthal, oh, I can't believe it. suddenly retires on the spot to pursue a new career as a program director for the Austin, Texan, uh, Austin Texas division of Cuddle Party, Inc., a movement that began in Los Angeles, in Angel- Los Angeles excuse me, and operates essentially as a structured safe workshop to explore, be- explore boundaries, communication, intimacy, and affection through the means of, in quotes, freestyle group cuddling. Or fantasy scenario number two, <laughs> when seven ancient Egyptian pyramids dotted along the Nile River simultaneously rise from the earth tomorrow, various elements of our planet simply vanish. 
The Great Wall of China disappears into thin air. Stonehenge is no more. Easter Island no longer appears on maps. Cottage cheese, thankfully, no longer exists. Mm. And also, the 2016 Texans and Raiders disappear from our earth, leaving the NFL in a flurry to elevate the Tennessee Titans into a playoff showdown with the Denver Broncos sparking this potential, basically sparing us this potential hideous matchup between the Raiders and Texans. Qual est tu, Fantasia? Five touchdowns for Brock Osweiler and a Texans win. Then he retires, uh, goes into the private sector. A great <laughs> natu- natural disaster wipes out, um, I'm assuming, millions of lives and several national landmarks. And the Broncos enter the playoffs? To- oh, yeah. Well, well no, there's no oh, death attached. The, the Egyptian pyramids... Mm. uplift off the earth, and a bunch of other strange things disappear, So too. by this logic, you're saying get rid of a, a matchup that you don't think is attractive so that we can watch Matt Castle versus the greatest pass defense of yeah, all time there. by some measure. Well, it's the next two t- you, 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 It's the next two teams that would have been propelled in. You'd get I'm, the AFC South winner. I'm and- taking number one. Brock Osweiler's, you know, this matchup isn't too bad, so you never oh, know what could happen. I can't <laughs> believe it. Plus, well, I like having that sort of power over Brock. I liked what you said, by the way, on uh, NFL Network. Uh, yesterday. And you, no, you, it can't be. That's NFL Network's <laughs> Greg Rosenthal. You said uh, em- embrace embrace the what? Crazy? Embrace the weird. Weird. I mean, this is better than any Texans-Bengals nonsense or you know Chiefs-Bengals sometimes the first game. It is so wacky. You will never see in your life again a third-string rookie quarterback making his first start in the playoffs. That's never happened against the biggest free agent bust of the entire season. And maybe Wes is shaking his head, oh, that's bad football. Well, you know what? This is going <laughs> to miss. It's going to mean a lot to someone that wins. It'll be Bill O'Brien's first win. It'll be most of the Texans roster first win. It'll be the Raiders' first win in 15 years. So it's going to get weird. Embrace the weird. This is a tired old Rosenthal bit. It's ev- not a bit. That <laughs> every genuine. unattractive, appalling matchup must be fun football because it's that bad. How there, about there is a line what where if it gets both quarterbacks are so bad they just keep going three and out, three and out, three and out? No great plays on defense. It's just well, the we'll pathetic see. offenses. I don't. I'm not buying it. There's going to be some fun game. There is a. I know. I see what both of you are saying, and you both make sense. Would I be surprised at all if this game is three nothing going into halftime, and we finish with thirteen ten with a defensive score involved? Would not shock me at all. But also, this game's the it, the expectations are so low. And you never know what's going on in sports. Maybe this game somehow becomes entertaining because the game teams are both uh, at a similar level of mediocrity at this point. I think one thing that we saw when these teams met in Mexico City was that Oakland, to deal with tennis with Tex with the Texans defense, used their running backs as receivers to a great extent. And I think they're going to try with Connor Cook to do the same thing. And I have this weird feeling that Jalen Richard is going to be the centerpiece of this game. I'm not saying that's how they're going in planning, but weird players and weird things happen, and this is an opportunity for, I think, Oakland's backfield to carry the day, potentially. They're going to need to. Well, can I answer your original question? Yeah, please do, yes. I'm, I'm confused at what the options were myself at this you point. You say no death, but the Texans and Raiders disappear from the earth. Well, certain things that seem strange or unnecessary vanish, and where these two teams are right now, they may be in well, those You famously categories. predicted there will be no Super Bowl, so this would almost be like a tremor before that. There I will think be this no would be a major tremor. Scheduled I, playoff game. I like having Stonehenge in the Great Wall of China, and I really think that Brock Osweiler's calling might be cuddling people for a living. So I'll take option number one. Well answered. Oh my gosh. There, what? There's going to be a lot of fatalities. I know you, you don't want to say that, but we're talking to millions of people, bro. Well, I'm not, I'm not, you know, lobbying for that necessarily. Well, it's the scenario. It's not so what I want. What's your fancy? Huh? What's your, I don't want the oh, people my to fancy, die. My fancy would be the, the first where Brock Osweiler gets some sort of bizarre redemption story and then <laughs> vanishes into a, uh, you know, a subgenre type of self-help scenario. I've, I've heard this narrative being peddled this week that Brock Osweiler is some sort of new man, that he's looser. Ah, that he's saying that? He's like... I've heard it. Too. I've heard it. It's been peddled. It's, it, it, <laughs> he's looser. He's, a, he's looser with the press. He's just letting it rip. Like, he was more decisive last week. I mean, watch the game. He was a mess last week. I mean, they were... 
first of all, he's dancing around like they won the Super Bowl when he cut the lead to seven against Matt Castle with a couple minutes left, and they really had no chance to win. He had a chance to win the game. He went four and out. Terrible decisions in the game. Not accurate. He never lets his receivers stay in bounds when he throws it deep, and that's how you beat the Raiders is throwing it deep. So basically the Brock Osweiler that we've been watching since early right. September. That's all I'm saying. I think it, what the what the peddling is about probably is that Brock Osweiler has kind of already hit rock bottom. He's kind of rock bottom. He's a rock bottom. Losing guy to Connor Cook would be lower. Okay, maybe, but I'm I'm just saying in terms of he's already laughed at as as the worst free agent signing. Lower than losing and, your job to a guy who doesn't exist. Thank you. The, you've also already lost your job to Tom Savage of Tom all people, Savage. and only and only got it back because Tom Savage got knocked in the head. I think that. I think that really he must be a little bit looser because he's already experienced the worst you could in the first year of this type of deal. Doesn't mean he's going to be good, though. I think you do what you've done with Brock Osweiler all year. Have him hand it off to Lamar Miller. Try to hit a few passes over the middle mm. and let Jadevian Clowney and Whitney Merciless wreak havoc on an offensive line that they, that frankly, Clowney clowned in the right. Mexico City game. And may that, not have Donald Penn. We don't right. know if Donald Penn will play. That's the thing. They had 120 yards the Raiders did, with 11 minutes left in that game. And they finished it strong. So if Connor Cook is struggling this week, and, and, and everyone with the Raiders just, okay, Derek Carr is gone. Oh, the season's over. This team won 12 games. They're, Connor Cook had nothing to do with their defense not showing up last week, not being able to tackle. They couldn't run the ball last week. If you're, if you're a team, you should be able to survive some of this a little bit. Step up. You know, the offensive line play better. Connor Cook made a couple nice throws. I mean, he did. the defense is, has a great matchup here against Brock Osweiler. A lot of highly paid players. Well, right? Let's step up. Khalil also, Mack. Houston's defense, their secondary essentially shut down Amari Cooper and Crabtree when they played – I think it was week 11. They held him to a combined 60-something yards. Cooper had a touchdown. But, I mean, if, you can, if you'd say you could hold those two to that amount again, that's, that's the recipe for success right there. Who's your pick, Mark? In this game, I am going to pick the Oakland Raiders in a very tight mm. contest. Mm. Chris Wessling. I had the Raiders at first, but I, I think that Connor Cook, the game's too fast for him right now. That's what I saw on tape, and he looks like a turnover waiting to happen. He does have some wow throws. He's got the talent. I'm not picking a guy in his first start. I'm taking the Texans' defense in this game. The Raiders are the great tragedy of the 2016 season. They are. Uh, they should have been the fun, one of the most fun aspects of this playoffs. Instead, they get wheeled in on life support, and I'm with Wes. Connor Cook is not ready for the stage. I don't love the Texans at all, and I certainly don't think they're going to romp in this game because I don't think their offense will put a lot of points on the board. But I am certain that the Texans advance to the second round. I am second. so certain. Wait Uh-oh. a second. So certain, in fact. It's gonna, uh, Brock Osweiler, come with me because we're going <laughs> to lock it up. He brocked it up? Rock it up, I'll take it. Do you want to know how sure I am that you are wrong? Whoa. Whoa. You're not going to. No. You, you can't rock it up. I have he locked it up, up seven weeks in a row. You want to do And that. you can make it eight. You didn't want people to do boring locks. You're not going to get a boring lock. I'm locking up the Raiders. <laughs> lock on lock crime. I lock love it. Lock on lock crime. Wow. I feel like I don't even need to make a pick at this point. It's all. Uh, what do you got? It's all forgetful. Uh, I mean, it's all a letdown. Uh, I'm going to take the Raiders. Yeah. I mean, I, I think this. I've got NFL Network's Greg Rosenthal on my side. That's a good. That's a I, good thing I'd to be... have. He's in TV, which means he's better than us. This, this... It's NFL Network's Greg Rosenthal. <laughs> this game's going to change. Oh my gosh. Folks, ladies, please control yourselves. This game could change the the future of the Texans franchise if they lose this game at home to Connor Cook um, with Rick Smith's handpicked quarterback. I don't think we should be that surprised if they have a new coach next year. A lot could happen. Um, you know, and if they win this game, I think the coach is probably around next year. So what are you hearing from your uh, fellow TV people? Well, it was, a re- I mean, I'm, I've, I've heard some things, but it was reported on Fox too that <laughs> Bill takes it seriously. What's the uh, word around the green room? Yeah, uh, it's uh, <laughs> it was reported bubbly. on Fox that O'Brien could could be out. Doesn't doesn't get along with Rick Smith, and that this game uh, might be. A- I, I think that's not crazy at all. I mean, stuff is definitely going to happen if you drop two wild cards in a row. I had and- heard out there that that. Rick, uh, that Rick Smith never saw eye to eye on the Osweiler signing with uh, mm. the the head coach, and that that could be friction. Remember, Brock- O'Brien might see those jobs out there too and say, "Hey, I want uh, yeah, a lot of mm-hmm. options." All right, let's move on. 
Sunday games, the Miami Dolphins, the number six seed uh, in the AFC, uh, travel to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers. A lot of people uh, excited, Greg Rosenthal, about the Steelers as a team that can unseat the mighty Patriots, but they got some business to take care of first, and that business is called Matt Moore. <laughs> well, I don't think Matt Moore is their biggest problem. I think Cameron Wake and Indomitian Sue uh, are their two biggest problems, and, and if there's any recipe for Miami to try to win this game, it, it's similar to the, the way they won it in Miami, which is that they won surprisingly up front on both sides of the ball. We, we've talked about this Steelers offensive line as being one of the best groups in the league. Yeah, they got beat. They got beat in Miami. So that didn't have anything to do with, with Ben Roethlisberger. Cameron Wake won his battles in that game. And Dominick Sue won his battles. And I, I don't see the Dolphins having much of a chance in this game, but these are two of the most underrated players in the NFL, two of the best players at their position uh, over the last five years in the NFL, they play right next to each other, and they got to do something special. I don't. It, it's asking a lot, but the two of them, Sue and Wake, have to do something special. That you remember, game. they've never won. They've never won a playoff game either. I mean, this is a, a big game for for those two guys in, in this entire Dolphins team. I I can't get the memory out of my head of the Buffalo Bills just romping over this defense, and I don't think that th- that was way back in, what, week six when these teams played? Yep. That was also before the Steelers started to use Le'Veon Bell the way he's been down the stretch. I think this Pittsburgh team showed incredible amounts of elect- electric power. They can do whatever they want when they're on, and I don't think that the, the Dolphins will be able to keep up I with that. I put it more, more like solar power to me. It felt <laughs> I don't like they think were powered, it's powered by the sun. They're powered by the sun? Is this a night game? I hope not. We'll see. <laughs> that was, I'll tell you what it is. Hang it, on. It's early afternoon. Early afternoon. The sun's out. I was searching for a word, and I did not find it. <laughs> that was a completely different Steelers team yeah. in week six. The rookies that they have on defense had not been playing much to that point. Sean Davis, since he entered the starting lineup, they're 7-1 and one with their only loss coming in that 35-30 game against the Dolphins. Artie Burns is playing pretty well at cornerback. And, Artie and Burns. Bud, Bud Dupree came back and has given them an edge rusher, too. I think they're a totally different team. That – Week six game, they were relying on an injured Big Ben, and since then they're directing but, their offense but through Le'Veon Bell. He was injured because they were getting beat. He got injured late in the first half because they couldn't protect him. So I mean, well, and now the and, Dolphins have the injured quarterback, and they got I mean, Matt Moore starting. The, the, game. the Dolphins are in so much trouble because Byron Maxwell had one of the best games anyone's had against Antonio Brown all year, and he might not even play in this game, and that that is a huge loss. They're also in trouble because Big Ben at home has a 116.7 passer rating in a way, a 78.4 rating. He is as good at home as any quarterback mm. in the NFL. And he has never had Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell in a playoff Woo! game People at the same time. That. Yeah. I think that's yeah. – they, they almost beat the Super Bowl-winning Broncos without Antonio Brown yes. on the road last year. And I think this is a much better team than that Steelers team. Mark, I thought that you made a, a good point about the defense of Miami being exposed in that Buffalo game. And they certainly did not play well. But I also look at the other side of the ball is a reason why you could get excited a little bit as a Dolphins fan in terms of hope. Jay Ajayi, who had been slumping, you know, had kind of regressed for several weeks going into that game, went off, had another 200-yard gain, and I don't expect, expect him to rush for 200, but he showed, hey, I still got that in me. I'm having a special season. I've rushed for almost 1,200 yards since week six. Right. And, ran for two, and ran for 204 against Pittsburgh when they met. I don't, that may translate right. more than well, anything that, we saw from and, I'm kind of with Wes on that I don't even put too much stock into that game. It it's, feels it's so far too, removed, it's, but, it's so long ago. But, but it, just in the sense that Ajay is not a guy that's like, oh, Jay Ajay has r- not rushed for more than 67 yards since week Week 12, like that was thrown out the window when he had yeah. a monster they, week 16. Yeah. They need him because they need to hold on to the ball. It is such a, a tough ask for this team. But then you, you think about the Steelers, and they are great, and they're balanced. Their defense has been great. But look, like, let's be honest. The last time they they had a meaningful game, you know, they gave up a big-time drive to the Ravens that, that by all accounts, could have knocked them out of the, the playoffs. I mean, the Ravens got the ball, needing a touchdown. They went right down the field, and yep. they got it. They trailed big-time at halftime against the Bengals. They trailed big-time against the Ravens. So as good as, as they have been, it, it's the NFL. Where they're not, it's not like they're blowing teams out. Well, the, the, the other thing I saw in that game, though, was how Big Ben sat on the sideline while the Ravens drove right down for that touchdown. 
not a look of panic, but the complete opposite. The guy is supremely confident. They know what they could go. They went right down the right. field in a minute and won the game. So but that's with a little Steelers bit of bad offense. luck there, you know, Kyle Juszczyk, you know, falls at the one yard line. They score the touchdown 30 seconds later, and, and the Steelers are staying home for the playoffs, which is so it's, wild to think about. If the Steelers have a weakness, it's like you guys said. The defense has not faced a stiff test since the Cowboys, and they're not going to face a stiff test in this game either. Wow. That more – is not a guy I see going into Pittsburgh. I mean, just from a, a macro viewpoint, Matt Moore is not going into Pittsburgh to me and winning this game. I, I'm gonna, I'm picking the Steelers. I think a lot of people are, and it's because this seems like it could it could be the most lopsided game of the week. I think they, they so are too. the biggest favorites of the week. Well, I think we're saying if Pittsburgh plays to its heights, if they play to their full power, this game would not be close. Hmm. Let's pick them. So I got the Steelers. Well, uh, let's play a little game first. Oh, you want to play a game? Oh, oh wait, wait. Game. Did you write up a game? I almost forgot about it. You went yeah. to the, well, yeah, to we the writer's gonna room, we scratched do it, out uh, a game. What do we got? Well, you know, you guys know, you guys have alluded to that I'm, you know, recovering addict uh, for many years, really, <laughs> on this on this program. For so. multiple issues. Right. But, um, you know, we're, you know, we're talking, I like the horses Pick, picking uh, games, you know, picking like games that. and win it. So you got to do some things. It's kind of like taking a nicotine lozenge or whatever. You got to do some sure, things sure. To, to make up for that. So you can't do over unders uh, at the NFL. So we're going to call this not over unders. <laughs> OK. <laughs> All right. I like it. Not over unders. <laughs> not over unders. Le'Veon Bell. The drop puts you in a tricky gray area. Not okay. over under 150 yards. I don't know what that means. <laughs> no, I get it. You know. <laughs> Just, you know, a little wink. It's just a little wink. Sometimes all you need is a little wink. So I say not under. Well, I don't even know. That's a good point. I, I think he will have more than 150 Total, yards. So totally 150 under. yards from scrimmage. I think Lady he's been waiting for this game since he came into the NFL, and Bingo. he's going to have a monster game. And I think mm. if you put if you set the not over under at 175 and a half, I take the over. Wow. It's going to be a big one. He averages 157, which is the third highest total in NFL history. Mm. And I don't like the Dolphins linebackers. I don't think Dolphins fans like the Dolphins linebackers. I'm going over. They they have given up, I, I think, second to last in the league in rushing yards per attempt. That That's not all, though. We got another one here. All right. All right. Not over under. One half of a conversation. Or no, wait. <laughs> Let's do this again. All right, here we go. One half of a dirty play by Indomitian Sue that inspires a Jim Nance, Phil Simms hand-wringing conversation. I'm going not over. I'm going he's going to seize the moment. That's the thing about Sue. He always raises his dirty game when the, when the spotlight <laughs> is on him, when the, when the lights go up. Thanksgiving, two years in a row he did it. He did it against the, uh, the Pats uh, with a terrible offside shove of your poor center, uh, Greg. And I think he's got a good one in him. It will probably happen later in the game when frustration is set in. I'm thinking uh, groin stomp. <laughs> I, am going, I am going – I think he is going to – Go through the whole game without one of these wacky things that get that we have to write four thousand posts about. So you're get, hoping. Well, I, I, th- he's not really been that guy this year. So has you're going he? over under. Under been that guy for ninety nine point nine percent of the games he's ever played. Well, I, yeah, I'm going. I'm going under the the not under the not over whatever we're calling it. It's not happening. Yeah, this guy is one of the most understood, misunderstood players in the league. As Greg said, he's underrated. He's always one of the top three defensive tackles in the NFL. And he's done like two thir- two dirty things ever mm. compared to Devontae hey, Perfect, who does fair. two every game. Well, that's it, not fair. He's been voted uh, by the entire league uh, as a dirty guy. Because everybody watches Thanksgiving games. All right, let, yeah, let's be the best player on the Ask field. Ask LeGarrette Blunt what he thinks. Let's be the best player yeah, on the LeGarrette field. Yeah, LeGarrette Blunt's a great source. He's a very, uh, very uh, down-to-earth guy, LeGarrette Blunt. Should we do one more or no? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Please. This one. is just a joyride. Not over under. Three sideline shots of Ryan Tannehill where he has the excitement of a nine-year-old boy. <laughs> oh, I'm going, I'm going not under, meaning it's going to be yeah. t- Ryan Tannehill solo shots all day long. I love his enthusiasm. Well, he's they're going to be getting killed in this game. Well, that's so, well, a we'll lot find of out. somber shots with Jim Nance and, and Phil. And he's like, Jim, oh. the, the Dolphins have a bright future with that guy on the sideline. Oh, very, very true, Phil. Uh, this is a tough game, Jim, but uh, they'll be back with that man. Something like that. If I, if I did not want to save my lock for something else, I would even lock it up that you're going to see more than three sh- shots of him looking morose. 
I want to apologize, by the way. Right before the pod started, we were talking about lock of the week. And I did I, – I felt like I, I, I shamed uh, – I was inadvertently or uh, ahead of time trying to shame people. Uh, don't pick the Steelers because it's too easy a lock. But I want to say, you know, lock them up if you want. Uh, Wes, and I'm directing Well, hold on. I just locked up the Raiders I, with Connor Cook. Well, here's I the mean, problem. So. There's three heavy favorites this weekend, and, and you guys – both were locks in the other game. You have game. to have. So, I took a road team with no quarterback. <laughs> that was a, that I'm was not a sure what happened here. Lock. I feel good about it. But uh, it feels like everybody's got to live by a code with a lock of the week. I wouldn't feel comfortable picking the Steelers, but they are, to me, the biggest lock of the week. I was never tempted to pick the Steelers. I have not liked from the beginning the idea that in a segment called lock of the week, you have to take something that's like an underdog to happen. It does. It seems weird to me. I also, Wes, would not bite the hand that feeds you because the lock of the week made you an internet legend. Just remember. I don't even believe I'm an internet legend. A legend. I mean. You might believe it. We'll all be gone. The hand that feeds me already declared vengeance on me. I'm not talking about myself. <laughs> oh. the, the segment. I was like, did Dan just call himself the hand that feeds the rest of the room? I, I kind of like that's that. That's controversial. Uh, I mean, the segment itself. Oh, okay. When you locked it up. I've become a huge fan of Lock of the Week. It's, That's why I don't like you putting very, all kinds of parameters on it. It's been very good to you, the whole Lock of the Week. Yeah, I'm just yeah, saying it's maybe been good for the West showed Wing a little brand. respect. I think We're essentially having a production meeting one cent. during the show. <laughs> all right, so that's the game. Uh, we all have the Steelers, correct? I'm picking oh, the Steelers. Please. Yeah, okay, let's move on. Uh, sorry, Dolphins. Nice season, though. And, you know, Dolphins, Dolphins fans, fans they coming at me. Well, like, Oh, you, know, you, you know, you talked about the Jets more than Dobbs. Well, you know, deal with it. Start your own podcast. Get off oh my back. Oh, my bat. God, that whiny guy. Hold on, though. One thing Give I will say, that is one fan base that has sneaky been through more seasons right. that are unpleasant than many, many others. And there are a lot, of, you know, our friend Handsome Hank is a Dolphins fan. I mean, I wouldn't be unhappy to see him smile come the end of the it's, weekend. It's, well, given recent events, I don't want that. But I will tell you this. Um, <laughs> it was a nice season for the Dolphins. Even if it, it ends... In a less than glamorous and, and, way. And yeah. I've, I've heard a nice lot season. of this. Like, oh, you know, no respect, you know, no talking about Like, look, you got outscored by 20 points this year. Both your offense and your defense were less than league average. Like, go go in week 17, you know, you got blown out by at home against the one seed. So go, go do something. Well, respect comes in game. If you ever pull yeah. this kind of thing off, the people They've are going to be fine. talking about the Miami Dolphins in and a completely like, different way. All right, you've talked yourself into Matt Moore. Congratulations. That's quite a feat. Doesn't mean the rest of us are. I, I don't think Matt Moore is their problem. I know that's crazy. Oh, that's a big problem. I don't think it's a, that their quarterback play since ta- the average Ryan Tannehill game and the average Matt Moore game has not been much different. Period. All right. Okay. I think Matt Moore's missed throws. I do too. But, but and I think you got to throw out the Jet game too. People forget it's the not first... going from Big Ben to to Landry. Right. People forget the first six weeks of the season when Ryan Tannehill was one of the worst five quarterbacks in the league. All right. Yeah, but then there was a large sample where he wasn't. Also has the highest QBR in the red zone in the league. Mm. Finally, let's call it the main event of uh, the wild card round. Uh, the number five seed New York Gi- Giants traveling to Lambeau Field to face the number four seeded Green Bay Packers, uh, a game that features a Giants team that with arguably the, the league's best defense taking on Chris Wessling, uh, a team in the Packers with a quarterback playing uh, at an all-time level right now. you got to love it. So why don't we play, Wes, one of our favorite games. One, two, one, two, three, four. A matter of trust. What do you got? Who do you trust? And then you don't come after me, uh, you know, people uh, with, the, with the infringement. There's no music there. <laughs> that, it was just were, a man talking. That was spoken word. It was just reciting... It wasn't the alphabet. It was the, he was counting. Tell me, tell me that they, this this can be we could be sued for this. Tell me. One, two, oh, yeah, one, sure. two, three, they, four. You know why? I wouldn't want to push that envelope too far. They may right. have a case. If it was just okay. like one, one, two, three, four, but when he's getting into one, a two, <laughs> I mean that's that's his own that thing. That was Delaware a front man, Greg. Oh, was. That was pretty good. Anybody Greg wa- is feeling it. Anybody want to take me on a prop that that was singing? I would, that was singing. No, under. Not, I think not singing. I, I don't think it's all out and not out singing. I I think that the Billy Joel camp would say Who? it's a musical property. What? I no. don't think I'm Who? qualified to weigh in on singing. That was just a man counting. Okay, well. <laughs> all right, Wes. Also potentially something they could argue. Now, why don't you join the rest of them on the third floor, Mark, with this attitude? Be happy to. 
this put it in my pocketbook. This is a matter of <laughs> a pocketbook. I don't know why I don't have a pocketbook. Sorry, Wes. Laudabio <laughs> Magnifico. I do not. I don't People even. don't even say pocketbook, much less a, a 40-year-old man. Mom's in 1991. Put it in my wife's pocketbook. I mean, I think we pegged Wes as wearing a petticoat a few years ago, so all bets are off. I don't even know what a petticoat is. Well, you wear one. All right, Wes, a matter of trust. Go ahead. What the hell's going on out here? Wow, that was timely. It's in Lambeau Field, Vince Lombardi. <laughs> That's nice. true. All right, what do you got? Speaking of Lambeau Field, who do you trust? A Giants defense that has improved steadily and significantly throughout the season, shut down some of the best offenses in the league, has the best secondary in the NFL with Defensive Player of the Year candidate Landon Collins, the best cornerback duo in the NFL, mm. Rodgers, Cromartie, and Jack Rabbit. Jack Rabbit. Versus or – the run-the-table Packers with a quarterback playing at the height of his powers. Jordy Nelson recapturing 2014 form. Jared Cook coming up big. Devontae Adams, double-digit touchdowns. Who do you trust? Which – this is – as Greg said, this is the best matchup possible. Who do Giants, you trust? Who do you trust? The Giants defense versus the Packers offense. Yes. That's, it's a great question. Especially the passing game. I trust – the offense almost implicitly in the year 2017. This is an offense league. You look at the NFC, Packers, Falcons, Cowboys. As great as the Giants are in a big spot like this, I'm always going to take a diverse offense like the like the Packers. Forget about the running game. You don't need the running game when you've got six different receivers you can throw to with Geronimo Allison and Jared Cook and everyone in the mix. That's who I do. Yeah, I mean, we're weeks – Weeks off of calling Green Bay the team that no team in the NFC wants to play, uh, that you don't want to deal with if you're one of the bye teams, that Aaron Rodgers is the you know the hottest quarterback in the league right now. Physically. Uh, sure, north of uh, Matt Ryan. So I, I, I trust the Packers' offense. If you can't you take Matt care Ryan's of hot? The second hottest quarterback in the league? I mean, you guys are coming Physically? at it from a completely different angle than I am. Oh. So do you want me to – shall you, I continue on to answer these questions? Are you talking about as a that football talent? Yes, Oh, I, a white should, hot football talent. Okay, thought you were talking about the physical nature. I go offense. Okay, doesn't mean that they're going to score fifty points on the yeah. Giants, but they're going to take care of business. Uh, I I agree. I'm going with the Packers offense only because we're dealing with a historic player, and Aaron Rodgers playing at his peak, and the Giants have a very very good defense. But I wouldn't call their defense historic. And if this game was being played in, in New Jersey, maybe I could talk myself into a little bit more. But I think the fact that the, the Green Bay's last six games, Rodgers has played the game the position at a level that few have ever matched. That's how good he's been. Uh, Matt Ryan's matched him, by the way. But uh, in general, Rodgers has been almost a, a perfect quarterback in their building. Uh, you know, they're peaking at the right time. I got to go with the Packers offense. They're showing the Eagles highlights up here. I, I, I would point out that they didn't even shut down Carson Wentz. When they lost to the Eagles. No, I thought about that. I see this game more like the Steelers game, 24-14, to 14, uh, back in early December, where the Giants simply didn't have the firepower to keep up. Mm -hmm. And they kept the Steelers in check for most of the game, but still 24 points is enough to beat the Giants. I, I see this as the edge goes to the Packers. I'm with Greg. We haven't seen the defense in the NFL this year that can shut down great offenses. Well, you know, that Eagles game's a tough one to bring up. They still gave up less than 300 yards, which is, you know, less than the leading team in the league gives up on a a average. They they've done their job week after week and and the matchup I'm kind of fascinated to see is when it's third and long, the blitz. I mean, they're the best blitzing team in the league because Dan's boy Spags has just been <laughs> cooking it up because he knows those guys in the back end can cover one-on-one. Jadoris Jenkins, Rodgers, Cromartie, they have depth there with Eli Apple. Leon Hall's you know made some plays. Also, for them. Aaron Rodgers, number five against the blitz. Right, so I, I want to – because I think that, that's what the Giants do. I think they're going to keep doing it. I wish Jason Pierre-Paul obviously was available for this game because if you're just looking top to bottom, depth of talent, the way that Vernon is playing right now, the way that Snacks is playing. Snacks might be the key to this whole operation here. He has been playing so well, and you can't run on this team. I, this is this Giants defense is about as talented as, they, as they've ever been when they won I don't the Super want, Bowl. Yeah, I don't want to sell the Giants defense short either because – they have stopped great offenses this year. Held the, and recently, held the Cowboys to seven points. Held the Cowboys to seven points in a win. Held the Lions, who have had some problems on offense recently, but to six points. And then in, the, Last week? in week 17, the Redskins, with everything to play for at home, 10 points. I, listen, I, I, it's not that it's going to be some sort of a wipeout. I think location for me has a lot to do with this. This is in Green Bay. 
I don't. Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau Field, his statistics are insane. And I, I just don't see if they can get a couple big plays and some early scores, how does the Giants' offense possibly keep pace with that? I don't, I don't think well, they can. I guess if you were going to make the case, it's because they're playing the Packers' defense. It's not a great defense. I mean, who gave up you know 350-plus yards to Matt Barkley, who gave up the same to, to Sam Bradford, that, that starting Demar- Demarius Randall and you know Ladarius Gunter. I mean... I don't really see the Giants wanting to get into a shootout, but the matchup is is right for it. The Packers would do well to get Eli Manning in a shootout. Right. He he should have thrown another pick six last week that Josh Norman couldn't hang on to. This guy, I'm proud of you guys. Not one of you has mentioned the yacht. You haven't mentioned <laughs> you haven't mentioned Eli what he did ten years ago as if it has anything to do with this game. I didn't get to that yet. Yeah, it means nothing when he doesn't physically throw the ball as well as he used to. Giants have good talent on offense. Sterling Shepard is a talent. He is electric with the ball in his hands and has really not done a whole lot this year because of his quarterback. Odell Beckham should have eighteen or 1,900 yards, not 1,300 yards. But wouldn't you, wouldn't you say in the win against the Lions and the Redskins, that, and that's, it's hard to play that sort of way against Green Bay, but that that's the way the Giants got to win. They they almost hit Eli Manning, and they waited for him to make maybe one or two throws at the end of each game. And you know what? He made them. I mean, he made a very nice throw down the sideline last week ball. to help put it away. I, I believe, who was that, too? Tavares King, I think. And and he did the same against the Lions where he's got a running game. Suddenly you you're look— You're playing with fire, Scarecrow, when you're asking Eli to make one throw. Just because he did it two games— <laughs> Doesn't mean he's not throwing All a pick I'm saying six is next he, time. He looks better Look when they have a running game, and they have a running game they, they, right now. They do finally. After well, that being a total weakness, Let's it's be honest better. about what that running game is, though. It's a lot like the Packers running game, where Ty Montgomery's only effective out of the shotgun. Paul Perkins is only used out of the shotgun. Mm. When they go with a normal formation, Rashad Jennings comes in. I Now I will disappoint you, Wes. I think it does matter that the Giants, as an organization, with Eli Manning Wee! at quarterback, have twice – as heavy underdogs went into Green Bay and won games. And you know why? Not because it was the same Eli physically, and he's probably not that same guy anymore, but the team believes they're not going to be intimidated at all because they, they're thinking to themselves, this guy turns it on in the, in the, in the postseason. He's done it twice in, in Super Bowl runs. He's kicked Aaron Rodgers' ass twice in his own building. And I think that they, they'll feed off the, that energy, and they've been hearing about it all week. Hey, you, you, know, you know the Giants have had uh, you know, success in Green Bay with Eli. I think they're going to believe it, and I think that they're going to play better than people expect because I do think Eli gets better in the playoffs. I don't think that's some phony narrative. I think this, the numbers well, he hasn't been there he for five. He's right. almost never no, there. He hasn't. He, he actually has the record for most game, most team games in a row between playoff appearances by a quarterback. Okay, he's also he also has, has many playoff Bowl wins he's in Lambeau as Aaron Rodgers. Evaluate the g- game, not the name. He's also not. not he's. Uh, I get you. But he's also – I know everyone wants to throw him out of the league now. Actually, no. The only people who will say anything about Eli Manning bad are in this podcast studio. Everyone <laughs> else says, like you, that because he went into Lambeau Field when he was a much better quarterback, it matters in this That's, game. It's, other people are down on Eli right now. Not, not just you, us. I'm uh, well, s- you wouldn't know it on our network. I'm, I'm just – well, it's different. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying everybody's ready to throw this guy out of the league. He's not 43 years old. I'm not ready to throw him out of the league. He's I'm 35 saying something's years wrong old. with his arm, and think, he's not making throws. I think he turned. He just turned 36. Uh, we celebrate all these other guys, and, and including big brother Peyton, who threw for 55 touchdowns at age 38. I think it's premature to say that Eli Manning's done I agree. off one bad season, and I think it's premature with the weapons he has at, on offense that he could step up, raise his game in this game, and, and he plays like Eli Manning that people remember in January. And I don't think can, it's crazy. We can argue. I think it's crazy. It's not, we're not looking back five, six, seven years to say that Green Bay has found a way to underperform when right. it matters most in January. It's not just the Giants games. It's every season an incredibly talented team with a great quarterback has found a way out of the playoffs. And that and that sticks. They still have right. the same coach. They have a lot of the same players. Same defensive coordinator. Will, will, will they be able to get the ball back? I, I mean, I know it's Paul Perkins, but the Giants have done a nice job, time of possession, 
Will they be able to pressure Eli? Clay Matthews has been up and down, almost all down this year. It, it's not. I think this Giants team is is almost fun to watch for the first time in a while. Eli Manning is an absolutely a supporting player, but the rest of his teammates, including Odell Beckham, who's who's right there with Rodgers as the best player in this game, they're good enough to just win it. You right, know? and I can't remember a team that had a poor Manning at quarterback and a great defense winning the Super Bowl. Oh wait, it was just last year. All right, let's pick the game. Let's pick the game. Mark. Despite what I just said, Packers. Uh, give me a score. Let's get the scores in there. I'm going to go 24 to 13. Okay. Wes. Winter is here. Ah. And I'm locking it up. <laughs> <laughs> Not surprising, but Packers win. Score? Mm, 27 to 14. All right. I, I'm i not going to go all in on Eli because I do think that he's uh, shown enough where he could lay an egg again. So I won't pick the Giants. But I think uh, it will be a close game, and I think the Packers advance because Aaron Rodgers does something mm. special at the end of the game to get it done. Make it 30-27, to 27, Packers. Hmm. I'm, I'm feeling good about this one for the Packers because we deserve it as football fans. I know the, Gi- the Giants are kind of fun to watch, but wouldn't you love to see Aaron Rodgers versus the Cowboys? Or, may- you know, depending on what else happens, Aaron Rodgers versus Matt Ryan? That would be so much fun, and I think we deserve it. Then I'm going to lock it up, too. Whoa. But we're out of games. We're out of games. Double lock. And, and for the record, uh, we are, I believe, 19 of our last 20 in the locks. If we can get out of this, well, we won't because we're in a lockoff. Mark and I. Yeah. But if we can get out of this three and one, we're we're either going to go three and one or one. Well, it'll three. be a great a great uh, moment for us that probably the four of us will remember <laughs> and nobody else. Lollipops for all of us. All right. I'm excited. I'm excited about the playoffs. Uh, always in. And uh, now they're here, so that's good. <laughs> hey, before we go, I want to uh, get on the phone. An oh, old yeah. friend. An old friend. Not that old, but we've come to really admire this man. Uh, both for his, his football acumen, his, his history as a, a beat scribe in the New York metro area, which is not easy, and most of all uh, for having a mortgage. He is NFL Media's Connor Orr. What's going on, everybody? <laughs> hey, Connor. <laughs> hey, buddy. What's going on? You, you, you ex- hey getting excited for a little playoff football this weekend? Oh, sure. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, this is for all the marbles, you know. This is, this is when it gets exciting. <laughs> is that an original uh, phrase, all the marbles? I never heard that before. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, it's just one of the things I do. Yeah. Come up with good stuff. So. All right, so one of the, one of the things. <laughs> it's one of the things I do. Come Referencing a parlor game from roughly, you know, 70, 80 years ago. Um, <laughs> I, when Connor hits me up on our uh, – Oh, excuse me, our instant messaging Clint uh, client or uh, via text. I always uh, respond as quickly as possible. Uh, it's like the bat signal being going, being thrown up. And Connor said, hey, something's going on. There's a big situation going on in my personal life. I want to share it on the pod. So I'm going to throw it over now to Mr. Orr in his haunted mansion in New Jersey to explain to us what is the, the earth-shaking news out of the Orr camp uh, in this uh, the earliest days of 2017. We're back on PlayStation, baby, and we are bringing <laughs> Chip Kelly back. I mean, this is, this is white hot, and everyone can play along. All right. Now, which, which uh, PlayStation uh, uh, unit are we talking about? Three. Placed at PS3. You're still on the PS3. Uh, I was with you. Uh, we were the last two PS active PS3 users. I moved on. Santa took care of Daddy, got me a PS4. So now it's just you alone. Uh, what's it like uh, to be part of the, the PS3 army that's really down to one man and uh, scattered people across the country at this point? Well, it ended up being super helpful because, as you know, they stopped making um, – the college football video game due to the lawsuit, um, the players lawsuit. So yes, that was unfortunate. Yeah. So I have the last one, uh, on PlayStation three and, um, Chip Kelly needed a job. He was talking about going back to college and (laughs) EA sports left up the team creator website from like 2013, (laughs) which allows you to still add franchises. And the only uh, school at the time with the vacancy were the Minot State Beavers. 
of uh, North Dakota, and Minot we're rolling State. now. Minot State. I'm going to quickly Google them. Minot State. Our new motto is, why not? It's Minot. Minot. <laughs> State University is a four-year institution of higher learning in Minot, Minnesota, founded in 1913 as a normal school. Minot State University is the third largest university in North Dakota. Why don't we start right there? Really a hotbed. Yeah, let's start right there, Connor, because you're gonna Chip Kelly's taking over that program. He is he's already kind of behind the eight ball in North Dakota in terms of recruiting, and he's the bronze medalist in North Dakota in terms of university prestige. Not only that, but just the battles in southern Canada, too, I mean, that you really have to think about True. for sort of the best, uh, the best football players there. But um, a nice thing about the, mm. the game, which is actually kind of sinister, is you can promise things to, like, these 17-year-old people that you're recruiting. Mm. And so <laughs> I just tell all these kids that we're going to win the national championship in our first season. Mm. A, I guarantee it. <laughs> What do you what do you think about the the theory or fact that it's pronounced Mino State? The T is silent. Uh, At least according to an interesting It was before Chip it, Kelly got to town. We'll rename it. If you uh if you click the uh if you click the little pronounce it button on Wikipedia, uh I believe you might change uh, change your little tune there. And are you going so you're you may, depending on if Wikipedia is correct or not, you might be changing the pronunciation of the university. Are you look, planning to change the mascot, which is the uh, Minot or Minot State University buckshot? Um, right now, uh, it's just a beaver, and that's what we're going with. Okay. So I think, I think that works well for everybody. I think it kind of embodies Chip <laughs> and his aggressive sort of burrowing offense. And uh, kind of looks and like a beaver. We're gonna do. Yeah, I thought that um, Connor was going to, you know, the recently married Connor announced that maybe a child was on the way. But this is much bigger news, <laughs> I mean, uh, much bigger development. If, this is the other side of the spectrum. This just shows how far away Connor is at that stage of his <laughs> yes. life at this point. I do want I, one follow up question. I know in the past you said that uh, I think one of the reasons that you walked away from PlayStation slash uh, video games, not only because you're an adult, but secondly, uh, that, you know, once you got married, the situation changed. Where do you play this? Like, are you in the living room? I thought you were out on the deck before or something like that in the past, out on a, on a covered deck playing uh, this game. Very concerning. Um, I, I sort of have, uh, well, w one of the rooms I kind of turned into my office, but it's also... Uh, I call it the laboratory where we sort of create and uh, and and think about the next big ideas. And I will mention that if you go on the EA Sports website, mm. you can download the Minot State Beavers that I created. Wow. And you can play with them yourself. Whoa, that's mm. pretty fun. If you have a PlayStation 3. If you have a PlayStation 3. And you're the 3. only one who does. There, There's scattered yeah, Americans yeah. and people across the that's, world, but great, not though. many. It's not a concentrated group at this point. I, I feel like we should just say as a public service announcement, if you happen to be in the Mino or Minot area, um, the baseball team's hosting the inaugural MSU baseball ice fishing tournament oh. January 21st at Lake Audubon. I mean, if you're not there, get there. You guys are all laughing about Minot State. You know who's from Minot State? The actor Josh Duhamel? Yeah. <laughs> Dale Brown, Shaq O'Neal's former basketball oh, yeah. coach. Love Dale Brown. Yeah. Wasn't he in uh, – what was that basketball movie? Minot State Blue also chips? nicknamed the Magic City or Little Chicago. Oh, <laughs> make sure you pitch that to the recruits, especially the kids from um, the uh, Chicago area. Hey, one last thing. is what? What's the slogan again? Why not? It's my not. I think the town, if they're pronounced differently, needs to get its act together – rejigger the pronunciation to this because the whole town, the whole community could really take that slogan and run with it. Uh, what, I'm open for suggestions, but get at me. You know, I'm here. I'm, I'm here doing, doing them. I'm pumping them up. I, I want to bring them a national title. And, uh, and, and that's my goal. That's what I'm going to do. There's a lot of internet buzz out there. Um, uh, that you are mispronouncing the name of your university, <laughs> that it actually is pronounced like Ross Perot. So it's like, Mano. <laughs> Well, uh, then someone should talk to Wikipedia because <laughs> I've been working off of this. Uh, I've been working off of this knowledge for uh, 
for about a week, and I've been very passionate about it, and I'm not going to change my mind. Mm. All right, so it's a new. There's there's actually a lot of disagreement, Connor. Oh, I that's think good. I think the locals are with you, even yeah. if it's not technically correct. Okay, well that's that go, that counts for a lot. Well, um, Americans are known never to pronounce words with a French accent correctly. <laughs> we don't do French accents. Well, I wish you the best of luck, Connor. We all do uh, as you attempt to uh, raise uh, the Minot uh, University. Uh, State University into a superpower. Uh, I think it's going to take a little bit more than just the promise of a uh, a college title. Uh, but Ch- don't underestimate Chip Kelly. He did build a giant at uh, Oregon. Mm. We're hosting Alabama week one in Minot. <laughs> Get some. All right, there you go. There is the mouthpiece for the Minot U- State University buck, uh, buck uh, shot. He always believes in Chip Kelly. I'm not surprised. He stays a believer. All right, Connor, thank you. We'll talk to you later. You know what? Goodbye. It- if the Brett Favre family can thumb its nose at the English language, then Connor can pronounce that college however he wants. It's, well, especially in this forum. It's it's very it's not an unusual, by the way, corporate uh, maneuver. It's called rebranding. And uh, if Chip Kelly thinks that is what's going to get the kids from South Florida uh, and, and Southern California and all the great hotbeds in between um, uh, to Minot, well, that's what they're going to do. Just makes sense. All right. There you go. That is our uh, – if anyone is still watching on uh, Periscope, <laughs> that would be impressive. Uh, thank you to Connor Orr for uh, giving us a window into his uh, very unusual life. Uh, the next time you will hear from us is Sunday night when we will recap all the games that we just previewed. So make sure you're there. That will also be Periscope. So uh, – uh, make sure there's still a lot of people. There's a lot of people How still many? watching. Right, that's a pretty decent number. Uh, so thank you, everyone that's watching. And uh, that's it for now. This is Dan Hansa signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the boss, and La Seed slash New Money behind the glass. Till Sunday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.